0: All right. Well, you're listening to the podcast with Pastor Jeff Christensen, and we are in our series on biblical theology, a Calvary Chapel distinctives, those theologies, doctrines, basic biblical doctrines that God has characteristically uh, worked into and through the hearts and lives of the ministries and pastors of the Calvary Chapels over the years. And we're just Chatting about that, doing Bible studies, really just taking a look at Scripture after Scripture after Scripture on this topic. Wanted to introduce you now to this new section. We're going to look at the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, uh, uh, God's election and man's free will or, or man's responsibility. Some some big issues in theological doctrinal study. By no way is this going to be exhaustive and. If you're a student listening to this podcast, to this episode, now is a good time to choose your topic for your capstone project. You're gonna have to have a research project. This would be a good one. Many of the projects are, let me say, episodes that we looked at, uh, topics that we looked at, were by no means exhaustive. My prayer, my hope is you would be stirred up in one of those topics to write a deep, in-depth research paper on. And we can talk more about that, but we're we're entering into the time where we should take a look at what are we gonna do our topic on? Well, this is a good one actually. How about this sovereignty of god and 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 free will? And I want to introduce it a bit. There is an outline available for you to download, so make sure you do that, and then we're going to jump into uh a few things concerning god's sovereignty, God's election. Uh, God's predestination. We'll look at then man's free will, man's free moral agency, man's responsibility. We'll look at an apparent contradiction. We'll look at this paradox. Um, and then we'll kind of conclude a bit and that will wrap us up. But a lot of scriptures to look at. By by way of introduction, the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man Um a summary statement in parentheses to kind of catch that would be, let's acknowledge two apparently contradictory truths, kind of a good summary, that uh, acknowledging two truths that appear contradictory because of our finite um, minds and understanding. And yet, Let's not expect to have this all figured out by the end of our uh, series and by the end of this episode, that's for sure. And further, by way of introduction, theologically speaking, uh, this would sort of be the debate between Calvinism and Arminianism, not Armenian, but Arminian. Uh, there are many people that have Armenian physical heritage. Um, that area of the country over up above the country of Turkey. That's not what we're talking about. This is from the theologian and author, Jacob Arminius, Arminian theology, uh, the the theological ideas of that Dutch Reformed theologian, uh, Jacob Arminius, around the 1500s, 1600s, right in that range. Uh, He was a Dutch pastor, a theologian. And he was taught by Theodore Beza, Calvin's handpicked successor. And then he examined the scriptures, and he went in a different direction, um, especially when it comes to unconditional electing for salvation. Now that's contrasted with Calvinistic theology with John Calvin, some of the reformers there that will contrast with Jacob Arminius. These are great studies to go. And and do a deep research study on this topic. So, we're not really going to go into the history of it all. We're just going to go into the scriptures and try to uh, try to sort them out in a biblical theology style, kind of a Calvary Chapel style. The way we do it in Calvary Chapel, we're typically just going to take some verses and expound on them and come to some clarity and kind of let God by his Holy spirit illuminate, reveal, validate, verify, correlate, uh, support, the position that we kind of hold dear to our heart. And we'll talk about that along the way. So you got the two theologians and, you know, one stands strongly on the sovereignty of God, the other on the responsibility of man and man's choices. And so this course, this, uh, Series is definitely not a defense of either of those theolo- theologies uh, because it's the conviction of uh, many of us, most of us in the Calvary Chapel, most of us teachers, leaders, pastors, uh, ministers, and personally, my own conviction uh, neither of those systematic theologies or perspectives deal in a comprehensive way with the verses in the Bible. On these two issues, they just don't, and I'm not able to buy into uh, hook, line, and sinker into one of those the- theological um, traditions. And so, you know, many it's it's a tough subject because it's easy to uh, start reading, studying, thinking, and gravitate toward Calvinism or, or Arminian uh, viewpoint uh, because if you land in either one of those viewpoints and you get a systematic uh, theology on one of those viewpoints, it seems to solve the whole dilemma. Everything's resolved in the minds of, and uh, some of those systematic theologies. And I, I love reading them, but I still can't buy it. Can't swallow it. I believe that is biblically unacceptable because the scriptures leave a a serious paradox in our mind. I don't think we have the uh, complete answer, and I don't think God intended us to know. Otherwise, it would have been clear in Scripture. Just my uh, my viewpoint, a little bit of a testimony uh, now, just to share with you where where I'm at on this. I don't wrestle with this even a, a fraction of what I did in my Bible college years. And in some of those early years, boy, did I wrestle and I did wrestle, but, but I would get antagonistic with uh, a Calvinist feeling he was, uh, you know, wrong. And, and so, but yet God since then has really encouraged, comforted my heart, settled my heart in this whole area, you know, and I'll tell you a quick story. When I Realized I was settled in my heart in the matter is when a friend of mine, um, he actually invited me to he wanted to convert me to become a, a Calvinist. I said, Yeah, let's go. He invited me to the Bethlehem Baptist, the John Piper Pastor Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in 2002. I went with him. Um, I was kind of an undercover Calvary Chapel guy, though. I, uh, the second day of the conference, I pulled out my my Calvary Chapel hat with the little dove on it. And I just sat there among all of the um, committed Calvinists. And I even took one of their workshops on how to convert your congregation to the five points of Calvinism. it was a very fascinating workshop on how to um, how to indoctrinate your people, your congregation, the on-board new believers, on-board uh, people new to the church, into the five points of Calvinism, and it was just a fascinating workshop. It was John Piper and um, Sinclair Ferguson, and some big names in the uh, Reformed theology. I loved it. I enjoyed it much, but but the bottom line is, I was I'm totally settled uh, in my heart, in my mind, um, on the issue of where I stand in this. And I think uh, that's a great place to be. So I can I could really sit down and have a conversation with a Calvinist all day long with a smile. And I don't get bent out of shape. I don't argue. I don't fight with it anymore. Even though <laughs> some of the guys that I, I run across want to, I don't go there. I kind of know where I stand on the issue. And I'm willing to chit-chat about it and have coffee over at a Starbucks. But I stand on... Again, like you do, uh, not selected passages, not defending one person's tradition, not one systematic theology. I stand on the whole counsel of God. And in the church world, there are two very strong positions in this matter. Calvinism, Reformed churches, Presbyterian typically, Reformed Baptist churches and others. Arminian theology, strong on the free will of man. Uh, a lot of American... Um, a lot of that is in an American church: the Methodist, Free Will Baptist, Christian Churches, Churches of Christ, General Baptist, Seventh Day Adventist, Church of the Nazarene, the Wesleyan, uh, even conservative Mennonites. More and more uh, that we could go on. Strongly present here in the United States. So, what about Calvary Chapel? And and let me let me just kind of clarify. I want to switch gears here for a moment. Clarify something really quick. Is that um, cover Chapels are not the standard measure on these things, on theology, on doctrine. And we understand that. I, I'm pretty clear that we agree on that. The word of God, the scriptures, are the standard of measurement and evaluation, the final authority, the sufficient, authoritative, uh, inerrant, uh, inspired word of God. But Many of us listening to this podcast partner together in ministry. We are working together for the edification, for the building up of the body of Christ within the context of Calvary Chapel ministries, Calvary Chapel friendly ministries. Uh, In our outreaches, mission events, we encourage minister alongside of one another for spiritual growth. And especially in an education center, an online education uh, center like this, Calvary Chapel University. And many of you will be in Calvary Chapel ministries or already are. So, part of the subtitle of this course is Calvary Chapel Distinctives or a Biblical Theology of the Calvary Chapel Movement, kind of thinking through what God has taught us, what we're committed to, how we see godly. Uh, men and women and God distinctively working among us. And so because of that, I'm going to take a word here or make a word or say a word on where we stand that we're not Calvary chapels are neither committed to Calvinism or Aminianism, either one. We're really partially both. And yet we're partially we reject both as a systematic theology And it's not that we think we're better than John Calvin and those who have been discipled through the years by him uh, or Jacob Arminius and those who have grasped and embraced and emphasize and correlate the issue according to uh, that theology, that tradition. It's not that. We just look at the word of God as a Calvary Chapel ministry and we see both of these men, and those who followed after them, saw a lot of important things in the Word of God. We respect that uh, uh, that scholarship, that understanding, and their position and their conviction, but don't embrace comprehensive conclusions that they come to. How they get there? All oh, you know, that's all. I mean, you know, uh, that's exactly where I stand. I don't fight on it the matter. It's not a point of contention with me, but really, I think this is how the whole body of Christ should work. I mean, many flavors, helping each other out along the way, learning, unfolding, growing, learning from one another, but always measuring it back. Acts seventeen eleven. receive the word of God with all readiness, uh, be like a Berean, more noble minded than those in Thessalonica. And that's saying a lot because the, Thessalon- the Thessalonian Christians were noble minded, But the Bereans, uh, because the Thessalonians, they searched the scriptures, but the Bereans took it a step further and and searched the scriptures to see whether what Paul was saying was so. So let our allegiance be to the scripture, not our tradition, not our theological heritage at Calvary Chapel. Each of us need to have a a convicting uh, word and stand that, we know what we believe, why we believe it. We're getting it from the Word of God as our authority and not elbowing each other and asking one another, "Hey, what do we believe about this subject around here anyway?" That ain't the measure. It's got to be the Word of God. We've got to have a conviction, and that's why I suggest this might be a good good place uh, for you to dig in and study and get settled on this issue. Because boy, is it is it freeing? I remember those days in Bible College um, years ago that you know, we would sit on campus and we'd argue about this and we'd you know, there'd be different sides to the issue. And uh, I'm glad I kind of grew from that area, but I think we need to wrestle through it. I think it's important to wrestle through these issues with God and the Bible. Anyway, by word of introduction, Hope that helps. See ya in the next episode. We're going to jump into the election of God. First Peter, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. See you soon. Bye for now.